1: This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit.
2: Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you gotta do is text FLASHFILM to 74121. That's one word, FLASHFILM to 74121. All right, let's get started. What's really good, ladies and gentlemen? Today, we're gonna talk about something that, it's a, it's a topic we gotta, we gotta address. We gotta address, because there's a lot of people who are selling you guys old ideas and old systems and processes that used to work uh, and you guys are trying to use those in a today's world and you, you're trying to use them today and they're not gonna work today so today we're going to specifically talk about photography and innovation versus tradition first we know what we got to do we got to roll our graphics and then we're gonna come back and get right into it
3: you're listening to content and cash. A Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner.
2: What's going on? If this is your first time on this channel, this channel right here is about content creation. It is about understanding the business side as a content creator. If you want to go somewhere so you can touch up your nudes so they can look bigger and better and whatever before you send them off to whoever you're talking to. This ain't the place. But if you want to understand how to get that back, how to turn your passion into profit, this is the channel to help you do that. We're here to talk about the business side and all about the business side. My name is Ty. I'm a former army combat photographer and the owner of Flash Film Media. So today's topic hits a little hard. It hits a little hard because a lot of people, especially YouTubers and other people who are talking about photography and business and all of these ideas that they're giving you are usually more on the traditional side and not the the side of innovation, right? To be a forward thinker, to be successful in this industry, you have to be all about innovation. I told you guys a long time ago that cameras have become like the computer industry it's going to double every 18 months as far as quality and things like that it's just it moves just as fast and as rapidly as the computer industry does and if you're not aware of that if you're not up on that and if you're just looking at gear as the only thing that's moving then uh you may be missing a lot because there are other things that change in this industry other than gear megapixels Um, you know, autofocus speed and things like that. If you've been watching traditional, uh, YouTubers, then they would tell you that the only thing that's changing is gear, but we're going to talk about five things that are also changing within the industry that you need to be aware of. And you need to be mindful of, and you need to make sure that's up to date even more than your equipment. So let's talk about those things. And um, you know, um, I go into them in heavy detail here. I go into them right here in heavy detail on this spot right here, but we're not gonna push it you down your throat, but we're gonna let you know that uh we go into it in heavy detail. Go looking out on the super chat. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that helps the clients understand how your brand can solve their problem. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, Blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to FlashFilmAcademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD five. That's P O D five to save fifteen percent off this course. Jim, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, we had to we had to update the mic cover a little bit. Get a little little bright with it. We're testing it out to see uh to see how it how it works. We're gonna we're gonna roll with it. So let's 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 talk about the first thing, right? Because let, let me, let's let's go back. Let's wheel it back and talk about this let's talk about the old school guys, right? Old school guys are telling you, they're trying to sell you printers. They're trying to sell you all kind of crazy backdrops. They're trying to sell you all kind of old school stuff on things that may have worked for them back in the day. And the the videography or photography, because we focus on photo, the photo industry is completely different than what it was just 10 years ago. What may have worked for you 10 years ago or whatever you may have made profit off of or tried to push or tried to sell 10 years ago is not profitable today. And a great example of that is product photography, right? 10 years ago, if you were a product photography, you were really good at taking pictures of pictures of of products that were, you know, on wood in front of waterfalls and all this cool stuff. Right now, you can have a profitable product photography business with just a white background, because you understand that in today's industry, in today's market, in today's world, a majority of people are selling products on Amazon. And if you can help them be profitable, then you can become profitable. In fact, more online businesses are selling on Amazon than anywhere. I think they said over 50% of all online purchases are done through Amazon. So why wouldn't I create a business that's designed to help my my fellow companies or business owners who have products sell their product on Amazon? So by understanding the guidelines and rules of Amazon, I can create a business that's that's designed within those means. That's designed to help you push your product in the number one place online items are selling. So again, I don't have to be this perfect crazy super dope product photographer that has your cologne somewhere in the desert taking pictures. I can be the type of photographer that has one white backdrop and I'm creating great content for you so that you can sell your stuff on Amazon. Now that is a, a business model that would not have worked before Amazon. It may not have worked four or five years ago. Um, but if you're looking, to, you're starting to see more companies are coming around to that method. You're starting to see eBay do a lot more. you start to see Walmart do a lot more. Everybody is falling under the umbrella of understanding what, what Amazon is doing and they're starting to replicate it. They're starting to do plain white backgrounds because they notice that if every seller has different backgrounds, they're website looks cluttered, it look busy, and it's hard for you to really see what you're buying. So they understand that. So you as a product photographer, if you're still stuck on just a year trying to do it like you used to do it, you're not going to be as successful as you would be um, today. So let's talk about um, five things that are changing or five things you need to look at, because I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. There's five things that you need to look at when it comes to innovation and how to be innovative moving forward with those five things, all right? So one of the things, of course, is the super obvious is the product or service that you're selling itself, right? And that's one I just kind of covered. If you are a product photographer, you gotta look at how things are changing. You gotta look at the innovation, what's going on in the market that make the the, the product that you're selling change. Even if you're a headshot photographer, There are things that are changing in the industry, right? You're competing with iPhones with fake shallow depth of field. So shouldn't you be offering real shallow depth of field? Shouldn't you be offering real environmental headshots? Shouldn't you be offering things that people want that they can't easily replicate? The fact that the iPhone is spending so much time and money um, on, on understanding you know, understanding what people want, you should be following suit. You should say, okay, they're working. A lot of companies are putting out this fake shallow depth of field. A lot of phone companies are working on it. Why don't we offer it? If you're still offering traditional background headshots and you don't offer the ability to offer or to provide a cinematic headshot or something with shallow depth of field, you may be going out of business soon. It may be rough for you. So I want to talk about you know, every, every aspect of your business you should look at. And the first one we should talk about is definitely your product or service offered. The second thing you need to look at when it comes to the, what you sell or do or service is who is it for, right? Who is it for? Who is this for? Because that may have changed. Again, 20 years ago, all photographers or most photographers catered to consumers more, right? They catered to family portrait. That was the big thing. Now a majority of revenue or profitability in the photography market is not with people, but with companies. So who it's for has changed. Are you still chasing people? Because people aren't buying pictures like that. They don't want prints. You don't walk in your family house and, you know, you see a ton of pictures hanging on a wall anymore and people have camera phones. They can take 20 selfies in a day. It's not like it used to be where you just didn't have pictures of people. You had to get everybody together, get dressed up, go to Sears to take a family portrait. Now at your next meeting, your next family outing, y'all can just get together and take a selfie. That's why front facing cameras have wider and wider angles because more people are taking selfies with more people. Ussies is what I used to call them, Ussies, but don't, you know, that's just my little slang. Um, Number three is how will you market the product? Right, you got to think about innovative ways to market your product. Remember, I was talking a little bit a little while ago to my gold members as to how once I understood through my beta client, which again we I'm gonna keep pushing this on you not there, my beta client, which I got information as to where people similar to him hang out, and I started to advertise in their emailer. It was way more profitable for me. Than going on Google and advertising and going on Facebook and advertising, it was way more profitable for me to spend that that one $400 brought me six figures worth of business in a year's time. I wouldn't have gotten that from Google, but because I was innovative in the way I marketed what I had, I was able to get more success for less. Don't get me wrong. Paid paid ads and Facebook is still an innovative way, but it's not the most innovative. Understanding who your target audience is, understanding what they do and what they all share alike in their personality types will allow you to be more innovative with how you market. And if I I can't tell you no other way to get six figures off four hundred dollars, I can't tell you no other way to market and do it. However, what worked for me won't directly work for you. That's why I teach you how to get the information to know where to market It's not. It's not some crazy, get rich pyramid. Maybe if you buy a course, the magic dust will, it don't work like that. It's that's, it's, it's really simple. Honestly, it's really simple helping you understand how to predict what your target audience does. And if you don't know who your target audience is, then we can't predict who your target audience does. If you don't know how to ask questions to understand who your target audience is, then you can't go down the steps That is why there is a course and I can't just answer a question and you got it and run. That's why it's important for for me to have a course where I can sit down and walk you through the steps so that you'll have things in place to understand what I mean when I say get a beta client. It's a whole lot more to it than just going to get somebody that's going to tell you what to do. If you don't have certain items in place, the information that they give you may not be relevant to what you're trying to sell. That takes hours to understand. It takes a lot for me to make sh- a lot of things that I have to make sure you have in place before we even get to the point where you should be before we even get to the point where you should be approaching somebody. And based on what you're trying to do, we understand what questions will benefit you most. What we'll work for a doctor won't work for a dentist. However, the goal is to help you understand what you need to do, why you need to do it, and what success looks like. Because you're going to have some beta clients that's trash. They're not going to be of any help to you, right? And, and I want to make sure you understand that. That's why I tell you to get a certain amount of beta clients. I tell you where to look for them, why to look for them, what to look for when you choose a beta client based on your niche. But guess what? If you don't have your niche together, you can't get a beta client. A lot of people saying, oh, I'm talking to six different beta clients, but I don't have a niche. You obviously have not taken the course because I don't tell you to do that. I teach you how to find a niche that's in your area, that's work, that's beneficial to you. I tell you how to do the research to see if it's even a good niche in your market. Then once you make that commitment, I tell you what to do next. So a lot of questions and things I get about niche and beta client, and then you get into pricing they're all out of order and I can tell who has went through it and who didn't because they're asking a lot of questions that we typically cover. But <clears throat> again, let's go back to the main topic. You have to think about who this is for because the, the target audience has shifted when it comes to photography, right? Because 10 years ago, people wanted pictures for just print you needed a high megapixel camera. You had to you got to have a high megapixel camera if you're worried about print. But nowadays, our target audience is doing more social media than anything and things reverse. They don't want a big 50 megapixel picture because they want it to load fast on your mobile device. So the target audience and what they want and who is for has changed. Ten years ago, you needed a big, old, huge, hefty file now they want something a lot slimmer because it's coming up in a timeline it's coming up when you scroll they don't want huge pictures so just two years ago 50 megapixels was the thing 40 megapixels 30 megapixels now 12 megapixels is where it's at iphones understand that while Samsung's giving you a hundred megapixel picture on a phone that you'll never be able to send or share or upload anywhere you're not going to print it from your cell phone iPhone, Apple has been smart enough to say, you know what? The number we need to stick to is about 12 megapixels. We don't need to go over that. There's no reason to. You're not going to send somebody a 24 megapixel picture. You're not going to want to download a 24 megapixel picture. You can't even upload a 24 megapixel, megapixel picture that will remain 24 megapixels. Even Facebook is looking at it like, we're not about to put this on our server. We're going to strip this thing down to 1.6 megapixels because everybody's looking at it on their phone and we're going to post that. They understand that. And if you don't understand that, you will make the mistake of thinking that 100 megapixels is the way to go. So by understanding who it's for, you can help create the right content or the right um, product. That's why you gotta be careful with companies who are trying to sell you a hundred megapixel cell phone because they're going after a market that don't understand. They think more is better and it's not. I'd rather have a really good 12 megapixel camera than a hundred megapixel camera, that's okay. Because I know I'll never use a hundred megapixels. And I damn sure don't want it taking up my phone memory. So those are things you gotta think about as you as you go into this industry and as you are Um, working in this industry real quick. Um, let me say this. If you're not on the text list, make sure you get on the text list. If you don't want to miss these lives, if you want to make sure you're here on time, we send out a text message to everybody to let you know what, when, where, how it's going to happen. And if you want to listen for your podcast, there you go. Today's sponsor, of course, is us. It's our gold membership. That's our sponsor today. Um, gold membership, join the community, great conversations, Uh, we also have the lives, all the live lives. You can get access to 200 hours of video, 200 hours of content like this, that will keep you busy probably for the rest of the year if you start today. So there you go. Um, let's talk about number three, number three thing that, that, that has changed when it comes to photography, um, is how, is how do we market this product? Right? How do we market this product? Good looking out, Tommy. I appreciate the super chat. He said, I got a YouTuber off Thumbtack with a million, millions of subs. Got it. Got it. Yeah. You you will Thumbtack is the place to be. Um, Number three, we're talking about how do we market this product? And I want to make sure quick, quick question popped up about the text list. Is it Australian numbers? If you go to Flash Film Academy, there is a link where you can um, jump on through with Australian numbers. Um, let's talk about how do we market this product, right? Because the idea of marketing has changed. It continues to change, right? If you're a wedding photographer, 10 years ago, it may have made sense for you to jump on wedding wire and all of these wedding magazines and do conventions. That's tradition. Tradition is going to spend all this money to set up a booth to do a convention, Innovation is saying go on Facebook and target everybody that just changed their status from maybe possibly relationship to engaged. That is innovation. The old school guys telling you to go set up a booth and, uh, you know, in a market, in in a convention in hopes that you get enough brides walk past, past your booth. And out of the 50 other photographers there, they remember just your booth and they hold on to just your card and they contact just you. That's, that's, that's not tradition. I mean, that's not innovation. That's tradition. That's guys who did it back in the eighties. That's telling you today, this is what works because it worked for them. It's not going to work as well for you because brides have other means of finding wedding photographers and videographers than they did 20 years ago, 20 years ago. All they had was a magazine and a convention. Now they have tons of websites. Um, Tons of Facebook groups, tons of places to look for wedding photographers. So I never suggest that people go and put up booths and stuff, you know, for a convention because that five, six hundred dollars, two hundred dollars could be spent in other places by understanding who your target audience is. That that target audience may. You know, they may you may look for high end weddings. They may all belong to a certain area. They may have purchased from the same jewelry store. It may be beneficial for you to get in cahoots and get a good relationship with that jewelry store to say, hey, everybody that buys an engagement ring here, I'd like them to leave with with a pamphlet or some information. Again, those are things that you start to see here. I'm going to keep push, keep punching you all with this because I get a lot of questions on things that's covered here. And here, all day long. So a lot of people don't, they don't know what's in the course. You're going to find out. You keep watching me. All right. So let's talk about um, number four, the fourth thing you need to worry about that, or fourth thing you need to keep in mind when it comes to innovation versus tradition. And it's how do we provide that service, right? How do we provide that product or service? Years ago, we would provide you with prints, a print book. Today, people don't really want that as much. Prints don't sell as much as they used to. I'm not saying you can't make a living off prints, but it's a lot more difficult than it used to be. People rather have digital images. Well, how do you make profit if the photographer of yesteryear is telling you to make sure your profit margins on your prints are great? How do you still make profit? Understanding that is something you need to do as a business owner moving forward. You need to understand that as a photographer, how do I make profit? How do I continue to make profit as a photographer if I can't sell prints? What's next? Some people say NFTs and other things. There are plenty of ways that you can do it with licensing and understanding who your target audience is. If they're using it for social media, then it's a whole different pricing strategy than if they're printing it. But, but knowing how they plan on using it and all the other f- three things I covered so far will help you understand how to price it, why to price it. You got to know why you should be pricing it a certain way. It's extremely, extremely important to know. Um, and number five, let's get with number five real quick. And, and we want to talk about, I kind of touched on it a little bit number four, but how to be Profitable. Where should your prices be? Where should your profitability be? Should it be in your upsells? Should it be in charging per by time? Should you be charging by the project? Should you be charging per picture? Where should you be charging? Because where they used to charge back back in the day, where they they used to charge is no longer profitable. It's not as profitable as it used to be. So you need to understand how to be profitable. And if you don't understand that, you won't be profitable. If you giving people all these pictures for free and you got all these upsells that you've thrown in for free and you you're trying to hope that they buy a print, you're not going to make money. You're not going to make money. If if your only way of making money is sending somebody a proof that say proof all over it in hopes that they buy a print, you're not going to make money because people are uploading them pictures that say proof on social media and they don't give a damn about your your picture. They'll take that junk to Walmart and they'll print where it says proof on it. And it'll be sitting in their living room 10 years later and you never got paid off of it. So you have to understand how to be profitable, how to shift and move things around to be profitable so that you can survive in today's world. If you do it based off how your uncle, your uncle, daddy and all of them did it years ago, you won't be profitable. So those are those are five things you need to think about. When it comes to having a photography business so that you can remain relevant, you're going to have to be innovative. You cannot stick with tradition in this industry. Let me go over them real quick. And yes, I'm going to be answering questions. So go ahead and pop your questions up. I'll be answering them and gold members have the ability to log on by going to live.flashformacademy.com. Oh, we definitely got this. There you go. This is bright as this. That's super bright. I wanted it to be that bright. So I have your attention. I don't know. We tested it out this week. We're going to see how it works. So number one, of course, is your products or services. You need to evaluate your products and services and make sure you are taking an innovative approach. Number two, you got to think about who it's for, because that has changed. It ain't who it's for, who your product or service may be for or is for will change over time. It'll go from consumer to business. It will change. You may you may be selling something that works for influencers more than it works for business owners. You need to know that. To do that, you need to have great relationships um, with beta clients, or you need to be in the industry enough to see where it's shifting. Give you a great example: gimbals, right? Gimbals used to be something that was just for a high-end movie. If you didn't have a high end movie production, you didn't have a gimbal. Then it moved on down to indie films. I remember the first gimbal, electronic gimbal I seen was like six or eight thousand dollars. And I was like, wow, I wish. Then they started moving down to like two thousand dollars. Then I started seeing more and more. and Now you can get a gimbal for ninety nine dollars. So the industry has changed because of innovation. The target audience, you're selling people gimbals for iPhones or cell phones. That's something you would have never thought of just five years ago, 10 years ago. People would have never thought about the ability or they never thought they would have had an affordable solution to provide um, stable footage via a cell phone. So things are changing. And that's why, depending on what type of photography you're doing, if you're doing photography for social media, you may be able to get away with cell phone photography if your lighting is great. That's why a lot of people say, "Well, the big camera, these cameras will never take over big cameras." If the market shifts, it will. If the market says twelve megapixels from an iPhone is enough why would I hire a guy that's charging me extra because he paid more for a camera when I can get this guy that produced great content with a cell phone. That's within the price point that I'm looking to spend. There are other factors other than image quality, uh, sensor size and things like that, that may, you know, that may kind of help towards the demise of a bigger camera. I don't know if y'all been watching, but go look at some of the video you're starting to see out here with iPhones recording straight to ProRes. It is phenomenal. Like it is it is Sony A6500 level. Go look at it. Um go look definitely go look at it. It is ridiculous. The ProRes that are coming out of I, to iPhone 13 Pro Max is on the level of an A65, A64, A6300 when it comes to 4K. Probably a little bit more dynamic range and much better focusing go go look at some of the videos guys are popping up with uh filmic pro and things like that so if you're working with somebody that's an influencer they're looking to create stuff for TikTok or Snapchat remember those companies are creating companies they're creating businesses they're they're profitable they're very profitable you know that that may be a you thinking of a B2C that may be a B2B i know people who make a living off TikTok videos they may want you to create content for them and if you can do it on a the phone, they won't care. You're thinking about the big commercial you're thinking about Nike and Budweiser that care about the camera that you may walk in there with your average client or customer or a client base that you can probably live good off of making six figures a year may not care. So if you can do it with a, with that type of device, why would you turn down the business? Um, so again, innovation will come in the products or services. It'll come in. Who is it for? It'll also come in a form of how to market it. Innovation is going to happen in the way you market the product or service. Innovation is going to, ha- to happen in the way we provide the product or service. And innovation is going to happen in the areas of profitability for those products or services. If you are stuck on one of those five things, you may have a problem. So look at that when it comes to your business. Um, and definitely uh, you know, go from there. No zoom link. Let me make sure I post that zoom link then for the guys that are uh are jumping or for the gold members that are jumping in. I apologize. It is not a zoom meeting, zoom link there. We're gonna we're gonna post it. And I'm gonna tell you to refresh in three, two, one. Go for it. Okay. Um Definitely go for it. Definitely, definitely go for it. It should be there. People can pop on and we can chop it up. So let's let's look at some questions. Ty, I'm self-employed, but a client has told me I must have an LLC to invoice them. What is the reason? Oh, because they had their this rule, do you think? Okay, Mr. B, let me tell let me go back. Remember, I told you businesses do business with businesses. They don't do businesses with people they need an llc because there's a lot of tax information that they can't when you when you have a contractor it's a tax write off right and that contractor needs to be in the form of an llc in most states businesses do business with businesses period you got to have that part together you cannot walk in there as a regular person and say i want to do business with you there's a lot of reasons as to why they need you to have an llc they need you to have an llc you that that is that's that's lesson 1 almost um and those are things that we go over there and here too um but you got to have your llc together you got to have your business together if you want to go do business with companies it is it is a no brainer um so give me a second let a few people in um let me see we had a few other questions few other questions um, you want to say you should charge clients the same price or just go work with an iPhone good for profit. I want to make sure I understand that question. Uh, instinct visuals, cause that's a good question. I want to make, I'm, I'm saying that there is a, th- I'm saying that there is a large group of clients that will be more than happy to have you come work on their project with an iPhone. There is a large group of people, influencers and others That will be if you had just an iPhone and you wanted to get into this business, if you focus on your bit the business aspect of it, you should be able to create enough revenue with an iPhone to buy your camera in today's world. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are people Who want to upload content consistently, that want to manage social media accounts, that want to post on social media, that will be more than happy to hire you to come in and create dope content with a cell phone to help you move to the next level. Not saying you got to live there, but to help you move to the next level. There you go. I had somebody tell me it's easier to find anybody to hold a camera, but it's harder to find great editor. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be really, really honest with you, and it's gonna probably be it's gonna go over a lot of people's head. When it comes to artificial intelligence, I feel like editor is first on the chopping block. They're going after editors first. They're going after editors first when it comes to AI. There they're there there's a ton of software right now that can take text. And um, that can take text and have the ability to chop up a video to fit what text you want to display. So keep that in mind. They're going after editors when it comes to AI. And as crazy as it sounds, you know it—it it, it just is what it is. It is what it is. So you know now you know. Let a few more people in. Everybody's in, but we got a few with cameras. All right, we got one on the camera. There we go. Two. We got two on camera. Okay. We're going to get ready to go to the... We're going to get ready to bring our gold members in in a minute. And I'm going to go to my headphones because that's how we do. Let me see. We got a few questions. All my all my, all my, my guys that have Module 1 that's loving it. Appreciate your feedback. I don't know. People, people I don't know. Whenever you got a course... And, and let me tell you, the big thing about a course is it's just a lot of stuff you got to know, man. I wish I could just say you, this is what I want you to do. Is if you go, if you want to be an entrepreneur with me or anybody, right, this is the biggest hurdle you need to overcome. Because a lot of people have the mentality. They just won't give it to me. They won't just tell me it's not that easy. It's not just a 30 second conversation I can have with you that, that can walk you into going into business. There's things you need to have in place. Everybody you see before you who have had success in going into business Understands a lot of different things. Good looking out. Parker, you can get the, the shirt right below. If you click right below, there should be a link to some shirts. This color and more. You say AI will kill videographers before editors? I think editors are going first. I think remote I think you're gonna have remote control uh cameras that face tracking, but AI is gonna definitely go after editors first. Definitely. We have remote control. Um We have remote control cameras now and they're not, they're okay, but they're going after editing first. They want to make sure you can pop, you can, you're going to be able to upload a script and then upload all the video. And it's going to edit it to that script. That technology is available right now. There, there are that you can get that today. It's not something that's coming in 2050. That's available today where you can upload a script and it'll edit all of your video to fit that script. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to, uh, wait, we got a few more people coming in. Y'all can go on video whenever y'all are ready. Let me move this around and get this straight and get this situated. How y'all doing today? Doing
4: great, Tay. Let
2: me make sure I, uh, you know, I got a mood. To... Since they don't give us a way to bring people in, we have to, you know, we have to resort to our own means and, Stuff to get there, get everything popping, but let's go to the, uh, to the chat cam. Boom. There we go. Okay. Get everybody on here. Let's do our thing. There we go. How y'all feeling today?
4: Doing good. Can't see your video though, Ty.
2: Can't see me? Well, let's change no. that. Hold up. Let's, 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 uh, I think I just closed the thing I needed. I think I see why. Now I gotta go here and I gotta remove, there we go. remove myself from the remove myself. <laughs> Boom, well, we're back. Okay, here we go. Now we got that. Okay, good, good, good. So everybody's doing good. Anybody got a win this week? Anybody got a win this week? They want to share. Even if you're even if you're watching via via chat, you can jump on there and post a win. I know someone said they they, they landed a big deal off of um off of Thumbtack. They landed an influencer that had what is it? A hundred thousand subscribers. That's big. That's big. I like to hear the wins. Um, let me ask you guys this, since you are here, where, where are some of the places that you've heard previous photographers or videographers give you advice that did, that had no, tra- no innovation in it. It was all old tradition, you know, when it comes to running a business.
5: Well, where I'm at, we deal with a lot of, um everybody's old <laughs> up in the middle of nowhere um but the i know we ran into a couple of people that owned local tv stations mm. uh, my partner and i did and it was funny on both occasions we just kind of did a little bit of work for them just as a favor when they were shorthanded and there were even both times it was you're pretty good at this you know I'm getting up there in years and we're going to need somebody to take over. Josh and I would both look at each other and we're like, oh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, But yeah, it's straight old school, your local television station style. But I guess most of the advice kind of, and I hate to say this, this is horrible kind of went in one ear and out the other just because it was so not relevant. Almost everything they would talk about was something that was relevant to, I mean, to their generation. And it worked. It worked well for them. I, and, I mean, great for them. But moving forward, I mean, they're leaving. Yeah. We're in it and still going. <laughs> we need to be um, – well, when I was in IT, we'd always tell our customers – um we're on the bleeding edge so you could be on the leading edge
2: I like that that's that's dope and that's true you have to you you have to you know i've met marketing companies i'm like marketing companies that are just in the past that are like we're going to send out you know mailers and we're going to have postcards and i'm like are you serious like we need $5,000 down so we can get you know i'm like what so we can get 3,000 I was like there is no way when i they started talking like that, I was like, i'm out i am i am I am out there's no way there's no way Parker says uh landed a fitness company creating a nationwide fitness app thirty plus videos that's what I'm talking about parker that's that's life changing right there that's a new car, a brand new car come on down like that's literally what you just got right there where's my uh I got a, I got a um a sound effect for that, but I'm just going to play a little bit of it because I don't want you to do the trip. This is for you. Body, 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 body. All right, all right. That's just a little bit. That's all I got. That's all I can play. <laughs> Anything over two seconds is copy. You're
4: going to get a strike for that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything after that, I was just, it's going to be trouble, so I ain't going to do that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, maybe win. Okay. I did my first uh, proposal using structured based pricing. So I didn't end up going with Proposify i mm-hmm. I tried it, and um, there's a few things that were missing and I went with one called pandadocs pandadocs and and it's very similar. I think it's a little more powerful than Proposify, but same exact concept you can have your your template pages you can drop in your pricing tables, contracts embedded, videos embedded signatures so it, it's it's a direct competitor yeah. to um to Proposify but set it up. And uh, there's still lots more to do because as you know, it takes a long time to make those pages and then that content. And that's going to be a week's, week's worth of work probably to get a really nice presentation. But I, rather than trying to make it perfect, I got something done and um, got my structure based pricing. And that was, that was pretty, that was a great way to think about it. I hadn't done before, before it was like, here's a day rate, um, you know, and it's like, didn't make sense. And you get up with some huge number, and they can't see where that's coming from or uh so this way it starts starts kind of small and you know if you want a one minute video it's this if you want additional minutes here's how they add up if you want us to be on on set for you know that first first hour to show up that's your where your big number is mm-hmm. and then each additional hour after that it's smaller but um that makes sense to them because you got to pack all your gear and you got to take it all there and you got to set everything up and that first first hour it takes a long time. Then you gotta take it all back. You gotta ingest the footage, clean it up, put everything back. So
2: what I usually do to, to help sell that first hour is I would include a lot of stuff. You know, you know, we show up on site, we set up equipment, we take down, we unload for just a lot of stuff in that. So they feel like it's value in that yes, first I did, hour.
4: I did say that. I explained what that first hour contains. That mm-hmm. and tried to make it sound impressive. Like it, it, well, it is impressive. There's a lot of work to just do an hour of of on-site video so because in that first
2: hour i never we usually get there 30 minutes before we usually get there you know i usually say you you get the first hour but really you're getting two hours because we're setting up you're getting the first hour of filming and that's kind of how i would you know set up time is is all of that is you get an hour of, of filming but we're still getting there 45 minutes 30 minutes before the setup that's included in your base rate base rate
5: oh man i'm horrible yeah, you, I'm all you. If I'm showing up, we got to unpack too. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, there ain't no such thing as a one hour job. <laughs> true, true. So, well,
2: time is money, and I and, and that's why I load 70% of it in the base rate.
4: So, I had a client who they basically wanted $8,000 worth of stuff for $5,000, and so by 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 giving them the choices, well, you can have that $5,000 and just pick and choose. Do you want this video? They wanted a a one-minute Instagram and a three-minute interview and and all these different uh, projects, but their budget couldn't handle that. So I'm going to let them pick and they can see what's important to them. And if they want to click those check boxes and add those other products, then they can.
2: Um, And that's that's what's great about the structure pricing is it gives you the power back to say, oh, well, because if not, they can just say Take three thousand off, and we keep it exact. I want the package that you offer me for for five thousand dollars instead of eight. But with structure? You like? Okay, what do you want to lose? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not the bad guy here. I'm not. You know, but you tell me what you want to go without to to meet uh-huh. your
5: price point, and i would be more than happy to shoot it. So we closed a deal today with the company. I don't want to say who, because um, it's really local, <laughs> and if they're watching, I don't want to say anything. But um, structured based pricing comes in really handy in instances where you just talked about somebody saying that um, they wanted to spend only 5000 for an $8,000 project. So this project, they wanted to spend about 7000 but quite frankly, I knew they needed to spend more. Um, and it was about a $7,000 project but I felt they needed to spend more for their own marketing purposes. And for us, we want to see them succeed because their success directly impacts us. Um, we can make a great video, but if they that great video doesn't succeed on the marketing side, they don't understand the differentiation between marketing and video production. And we lose because they don't understand that. So, We put together a quote that totaled about 15,000 for them. I know you're probably thinking that's nuts. That's more than double. And a lot of what that extra was, was just including 15 seconds, 30 second cuts and different things such as that. Um, And they took advantage of it for just under 9,000. And um, part of the deal was they had to put us up in a, a multi room condo for all of our production staff for two nights for wait one night and when we called they and when we had our discussion today they said yeah um you don't really want to come that early do you i mean we we got we can get you an extra night in the condo and i'm like well that's a possibility <laughs> um, so we're um So, I mean, they came to us looking for about $7,000 worth of work. We provided them with an extra $2,000 worth of work. But because we were able to show the value in our proposal of all the breakdowns, like what you're talking about, Scott, by having that structure in place, they're able to see that. And we told them in our um, overview that... we're going to discount this because you're kind of local for us and we want to partner with you and we want to see you succeed in this. Um, And it's, it's also a government style agency. So their success is also, they're going to come back. They've already come back one other time in the past for another big project. And um, I know Rodney asked me earlier when we were talking offline and in the week, you know, how do you decide where to, where to, who are you going to discount? How do you give out a discount? It's it the nice thing about structure-based pricing is is we discount the ones that we enjoy working with. The discount the ones that we're passionate about. That's where we have our passion projects. But I'm just blabbering on. So
2: <laughs> I it makes sense though. I you know, I think a lot of people struggle with where what to discount, who to discount. I usually my see I'm I do less discounting and more hey, we'll throw in this added value of, you know, and one of my biggest deal closers is adding a teleprompter for free. It costs me nothing, but the client feel like they're getting $300 a day worth of something free. And it's something that if your pricing isn't structured, you don't have that in your pocket. You know what I mean? If you just put it in a package, whether you take it off or add it, they don't, it's not a value attached to it. So I attach values to everything. And then I'll just load it up, load it up, load it up. And I can say, Hey, you know what? We'll give you that for free. Don't worry about it. We'll get We'll get a nice drone shot for free, you know, and then I, they'll see the price next to what we charge and then I'll put, you know, negative $900 or 2000 and that's better than the discount. And what is it for me? It, it's, it's not costing me nothing, but it's the perceived value of that item that helps me close that sale instead of me saying 10%, 20% off everything. Um, you know, or it's like me saying, Hey, I'll give you, you know, we'll do an Instagram version. You you're paying for an Instagram version. We'll also do a Snapchat version. Come on. It's the same thing almost, you know what I mean? But they feel like because we have a Snapchat version listed as an extra thousand dollars, they're getting a thousand dollars worth of stuff for free, um, that they wouldn't have gotten, you know anywhere else so it's just to perceive a a lot of what you are currently buying in your life right now that's on sale that's discounted to the combo meal is perceived value um that companies do really well at making you that increases it increases the urgency for you to pull the trigger on something that you would have been like uh we'll see you know basically
4: getting that free soda at the combo meal that costs them a couple pennies to make that
2: absolutely Absolutely. But it's got a
4: perceived value of a dollar fifty nine or two twenty nine, and it costs them
2: pennies. The straw in the cup probably costs more than the actual content inside of it. Absolutely. And it, you just feel better by getting it. It's kind of like the toy with the Happy Meal. Like you just feel better. Kids don't even eat the half the food and they go straight to the toy. And I'm like, man. But it, you know, it's just about when you understand that with business and you understand who you're. And that's another thing is. When you got your niche, you got your target audience, you know who you're selling to. You understand what they value. So you know what you can offer them to help close it because they all value this. If you're in a desert and you are thirsty, you're going to value water more than anything. I can tempt you to do anything in the desert with a, with a bucket of water. I can't do that in the middle <laughs> of a city. If I catch you in the desert with some water, you'll do something strange for some change to survive because of the value is there <laughs> and understanding who your target audience is helps you understand what they value so that you can say, hey, if you guys close today, I'm going to give you this. Wow, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, you know. Uh, there was a, a few good questions that popped up that Calvin asked so uh setup time isn't included in the job for me it's included in the base rate right the base rate because like I said if you do the base rate the way I do the base rate where' it's 70 60 50 percent of a day rate I'm gonna give you that extra half an hour of setup time but that's just that's up for you that's up to you to determine what works best um you know with with how you structure your pricing so, um, let me see, buying another business. Uh, he, said it was about, he was thinking about buying another business that has a ton of business clients setting up an LLC is huge. Buying another one is bigger. Be careful buying another business because you may take on debt, future lawsuits and things that you have no idea about. Do your research, do your research. It's not hard to build business credit. In fact, in the course, we go over ways to build business credit with, with companies that will give you credit. Simply by providing a tax i d in a business, they'll be like here here's here's a thousand dollar limit, and you just you build it using using that but it's it's easier now if you're trying to do something huge and you want to go get property and things like that, if you get an established brand, yeah, maybe it may work better in your favor it's a two or ten year company um and I know people who that's what they do they build businesses to sell them, so in that certain case it may be more beneficial but I personally, I'm, I don't have the, I don't want to say, I don't want to invest in the funds it would take to properly research that company to make sure I know what I'm getting myself into, because you need the right people to thoroughly go through that company to make sure you're not taking on something that will be more harmed than good. So I don't, I don't suggest that way. However, depending on where you are in the world, what you got going on, it may be different. Mr. B said, I feel AI will, will um I feel AI will kill project photography. Uh we're almost there. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like if you got a white background and an iPhone, you are 75% there with what's needed. Um I'm not, to that extent, to to basic product photography, we're getting close. Like you guys gotta be looking at what's coming. And you can't say, "Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen." Because it's going to happen, definitely. Um, if you look at, I posted in the um, in the community. I made a post about um, green screen, green screen technology and using um, Unreal Engine with iPhones. How iPhones are able to use LiDAR to detect the room, so that you can film yourself in a real world environment from your iPhone. Your camera can't compete with that. Like that's coming. Like, so yeah like li- like, like, literally you can go download a world from Unreal Engine that, that you can use on Unreal Engine like a city put up a green screen in your house your camera will track your house and film you in front of that green screen and automatically put the city behind you so as you're moving it, it automatically calculates the angle and does everything from an iPhone so yeah your other cameras may have bigger sensors they may do this that and the other but these are little things using lidar and things like that that will speed up the idea of filmmaking on an iPhone. So definitely look
1: under the news section. Go for it. So in the, so the only thing that can compete with that is going to end up being more expensive uh, because I know that you can get. Uh, I saw this on somebody's page a few um, probably a couple of months back, to where the a DJI has a Ronin that has LiDAR tracking and the camera can actually track you utilizing it LiDAR technology. But how much is that compared to getting a phone, an iPhone that you can basically trade in one from a couple of years ago, get reimbursed through your carrier. They'll pay for the monthly fee for you for the phone. And now it's got a, a new cinema camera quote unquote in my hand right now. And the, like,
2: the Ronin is only using LiDAR to, to, to turn a non-autofocus lens into an autofocus lens, right? The iPhone is using lidar to map out the whole area. Right, right. In 3D time and space. So, when it focuses, it's going to be super accurate because it's mapped out the area. So, this with the technology, you know, the future of filmmaking is not green screen. I'm not going to say it's not green screen. It is green screen. But it's more leds now and it's more using an unreal engine to create an an atmosphere or an environment to place you in so you can be in your house with a green screen the unreal engine can have you somewhere on the streets in new york the iphone can scan the room so that with every camera movement the background is in line and it looks real and you can see it in real time so you can adjust your light to reflect the environment to look even more real and you can do it all from your cell phone. So those are that this little technology like that that people were saying, but the sensor isn't bigger and it yeah, but it's hard to overcome that if you're an independent filmmaker who wanna put somebody in a desert for for a scene or they want to shoot a complete sci fi movie. It's hard to overcome that. So unless you have an LED wall. Absolutely. And even and even with an LED wall for the background to move to match where the camera is, you need some type of lidar. You need something to track the camera. To do it real time, it's just you, there is equipment that do it, but that equipment is forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars right now. To get this out of a cell phone is mind blowing. You can download the app right now. You can go do it right now. It can be done today from your cell phone. This is not future tech we're talking about. This is something that that can take place in twenty twenty one. If you want to shoot a movie in the desert and all you have is a green screen, all you need is an iPhone. Go for it. So there are tutorials that teach you how to work Unreal Engine in two hours and you can do everything from your iPhone. So just think about it. Um, Any thoughts on using an Osmo Pocket versus iPhone for interviews? You know what? I'm actually thinking about working on a video that talks about that because the ProRes on the iPhone is ridiculous. I don't know if y'all seen it. Google, after this video, go look at what people go look at the comparison between regular iPhone footage and ProRes iPhone footage. The ProRes iPhone footage look it look as good, if not better, to like a Sony A sixty five hundred. It look as good, if not better, to a APS C level Sony camera right now. So just go look at it. I don't. I I, I know some people think I'm pro. Uh, pro cell phone or iPhone footage I'm not I'm just pro innovation so however it comes I am trying to go in that direction uh, DJI has a big a big camera announcement coming next week Um, their Osmo Pro which is nice I've, it's a lot of rumors about it I can't wait to see it big old camera on the gimbal I think it's gonna be revolutionary Um, I, I'm waiting to see what Blackmagic do before I do anything yep the Osmo that's the, the big Osmo they got the even bigger Osmo I got the Osmo Mini around here somewhere um and there's, there's going to be a lot of camera announcements throughout the rest of the year, because this is around the time NAB should have happened. So a lot of people were trickling stuff.
3: Yeah, this was actually a great camera. I don't know why they stopped making it, um, but the convenience factor of this, although it doesn't have the best image quality, mm-hmm. if you have decent light, you can get very usable footage from this. And if you're just doing a quick, you know, low budget shoot you can get in and out super fast so
2: i actually had one um you can upgrade the cameras on it too you can go with i think the x5 which is really good the osmo pocket is one of my all-time favorite cameras i got the osmo pocket one and pocket two it's one of my the only thing
3: was the battery life on it was not the best so you had to have like at least two or three ideally four like extra batteries and like Switching it became a pain in the butt, but
1: I had yep. yeah, I had
2: like five batteries with the thing. Man, I even had it where you can connect it to the phantom battery and run the Whoa. phantom battery off your off your hip, and you can get it's like having four batteries. And I had a, I had every accessory that, that I had the Z access everything for that, and I, I loved it. It wasn't great in low light. I actually used it for a wedding shoot, um, that came out decent. It was a wedding shoot and a lot of corporate shoots. A lot of corporate highlight footage uh, videos, like if it was outdoors, mm-hmm. I used that. And and it was crazy because you think that people, you're showing up with that, and people are like, what are you doing shooting with that? They were like, what is that? How is it so still? Like it was the complete opposite, thinking I got this little camera on. G- people were like blown away. Like, what is that? Because I had it on the Z-Access, so it would float. and I would, It was nice. I, I, I made a lot of money with my Osmo back in the day. Not going to lie to you. It's just, low light was just, it was a hard place. It was hard, hard. Yeah, place. it's got a
3: nice look to it. So that's the cool thing. Um, I appreciated it. It was like, you didn't have to do a lot in post, and you couldn't really even do a lot in post. But it had a nice look right out of the box, so... And it was calibrated well. So that all the algorithms for, like, stabilization, it was super, super smooth. And because it was wide, it was 20, 20 millimeters, it looked really nice, so... Yeah, it's was a moneymaker for sure.
2: Well, you're going to definitely love whatever they're dropping. I know what it is. I've seen pictures. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. There's no way. Th- but they're trying, trying to make a, so it. So so this is what they're saying. This is what the rumors have said. It's going to be 8K. It's going to be under 3,000. It's going to be a full-size camera with a gimbal on the front. So it's going to be like a FS5-size camera with a gimbal on the front. In fact, I post, if you go to the community under news, I posted uh, images that have been leaked. They've shown um so far to give you an idea of what it looks like so go to community under news and you can kind of see um what's supposedly coming what they've been testing it looks weird but so did the osmo when it first came out so they'll give you an idea of what's what, what they're doing and, and you know you get to see what's coming supposedly looks like some sort of alien robot dog
3: absolutely Interesting. I think it there was probably like a very specific niche they were thinking of when they were making it. Like, who would buy a three thousand dollar like gimbal? You know, fixed on a gimbal camera. There's got to be like a specific type of person. Easy. Maybe somebody.
2: Easy. Who Who has bought an A7S3 and then put it on a gimbal? A7S3 is thirty five hundred alone. If you get a Ronin R, what is it? RS? or you spend another. 1500 so now you're at $5,000. If I can give you as image quality as great as the A7S three, attached to a gimbal for almost half the price, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to pull the trigger on it.
3: But can you take it off the gimbal? Nope.
5: Nope. However, maybe it's the guys that already own stuff like that. Yep. The worst part about <laughs> a gimbal
2: yeah, is yeah. balancing it. The worst part. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like, I have bought two cameras just so I can leave one balanced on the gimbal and then I can use the other and I can just go back and forth. So if you tell me I can pull this out of a box and then it go, whoop, whoop, it's ready. I'm I love it. That's what I love about the Osmo. And, you know, if I need to grab some B-roll or something quick, simple, I can just pop the Osmo out. It'll flip, do its thing. I'm filming. Cut it off. It's back in my pocket. I can go for it. So that's that's. There's definitely a market for it. And DJI has their camera technology is is absolutely there. Like they are a strong force when it comes to camera companies. So don't don't sleep on the optics and what they can do sensor wise. I mean they they kick GoPro to the curve and been kicking butt ever since. And I think I like their look because like you said, the look is great. It's not all that fish eye look, look. They're yeah. giving you raw they're giving you regular RAW, ProRes RAW. They're giving you ProRes built in. They're giving you 14, 15 stops of dynamic range. They're giving you a really good color science. They're giving you log footage. They are doing their thing right now on cameras. I, mean, it I had to jump funny.
4: away. What's the name of that gimbal again?
2: Which one? The one he showed? Or? The one you're talking about. Uh, on the community. It, so it hasn't been announced but it's called, it's gonna be osmo Pro is what they're saying the name is going to be if you under the community if you click on news um it, it, it there's some pictures that I posted there it's called it's going to be supposedly called the Osmo Pro so you're gonna have the Osmo Pro the Osmo and the Osmo pocket it looks futuristic yeah. it looks
5: crazy yeah the lens on it looks like the lens yeah, just so like the you know the, the link that
1: I absolutely. sent was for something else was the DJI Zen muse so that was the older
2: camera. So this is supposed to be APS-C. They use, last time they used micro four-thirds lens or something. Not micro four-thirds. They use, uh I forgot what mount they used. I think it was like a Panasonic mount or something like that. But they're going to use a traditional mount that you can buy lenses in all day. And it's going to read the lens. And it's probably going to stabilize itself based off the lens. Understanding what, what, it, what it is. Oh, that's. I mean, it's. And, and think about it. If you have to compete with the FS5, because it's gonna be on the line of that for six thousand, or this camera, let's say it was forty five hundred, and this is already has a gimbal in it. It does everything the FS5 does, but every every shot is stabilized. I'm gonna go with the stabilized shot. If I can just cut it on and it'll it'll calibrate and I can shoot in 30 seconds, I'm going to do that.
5: So It seems like they want to utilize, cause like for our Inspire too, there's a whole line of cameras and lenses Yep, that's what that big box was and but they're <laughs> ungodly expensive but if there's a nice something like this to just plug it into that's where i that seems like a market to go after yeah just for not i i think they'll have success with it i think especially like...
3: for like a sports videographer or something like that somebody that's doing like action footage or like Almost like any, like, movement. Um,
2: Any gimbal user. No. Any gimbal user, period. Because you're spending an extra $1,000 for your gimbal on top of your camera. Like, if you can get it together and you don't have to balance it, the the worst thing about owning a gimbal is balancing it every single time. If you can eliminate that, I'm in. That's the, yep, that's the worst part about it is balancing that thing And changing lenses and figuring out blah blah blah. If you can give me something that'll just boot up and shoot with, that's why I like my Osmo pocket so much.
3: I'm so waiting for an auto balancing gimbal. I cannot wait till they figure out that technology of like how it could like figure out the weight and you know how it calibrates itself to to test the motors and if it's balanced. Well, when are they going to take that to version two, where it's like it it moves the sliders and then it calibrates it, and it's like then you just like tighten something and you know you're good to go. I think that would be awesome if somebody could invent that. I bet DJI could probably invent
2: that. I mean, this is technically their invention. You just pop your lens on, it determines what lens it is, what it weighs, and it'll calibrate itself. So that's cool. I mean, this is technically it.
6: So, that means only you invest in glass you just have to have that one camera or rent it each time and you don't have to pay for the bodies and
2: you're in there like swimwear absolutely and and we're not even thinking about the remote capabilities what if you put it on a tripod and i can control where it looks now i have now i can get three of them and, and do a whole concert by myself i can remotely control where they're looking we're not even thinking about that aspect of it like Zoom! I can zoom in all of this. So we're talking about not only are we taking out gimbals, we're taking out all the auto pan and tilt heads, all of the you know all of those type of cameras. It's going to have a lot of wireless access. I mean, look at DJI; they are the wireless video company. You're probably going to sit back on one iPad, see three different channels, and switch it right in and there, and be able to control, zoom in and out everything from one. On device cars
3: to too. Like if you you mount it on a car, you have a remote operator like sitting in the car or something. And, you know, you get it on a crane or something. Oh, my God. Like, that would be super cool. And it's probably going to
2: do photography as well. So you're talking about photography shots on cars, photography shots in places that you can't bring a drone. So you got a drone for the air. You got this thing mounted on stuff, and you can control where it looks, how it zooms, shutter speed, everything, aperture, and take the picture. And it's going to be a stabilized shot. So if you want to do a cool... Slow, like I've been into a lot of car photography, so a lot of slow shutter, fast moving shots. It's stabilized. It can get you a one second shot. That would be absolutely crazy to get a one second shot during the, like the day with the with the traffic blurring and you got the car in focus. Absolutely. You know,
3: now that you, meant, you mentioned that, I, I thought about who this is for. It's for the single operator. It's for the person who can't afford or doesn't want to bring a whole team on set To like you know run the whole thing, and they just want to have that one thing. That's who it's for. It's for the single operator.
2: Yeah, single operator or heavy duty study cam guy. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of it covers a lot of ground. I mean, that's a a great uh, form of of technology that's just swallowing up ten different things at once. I mean, you know. The only thing that you like kind of worried about is image quality. But when you look at what they inspire to, look at the cameras that are inspired too. They're ridiculous. They're absolutely wonderful. People are shooting movies running around with inspires. Shooting mm-hmm. shooting movies with them. Like it's you know, so
5: Yeah, but if you think your glass is expensive that goes onto your camera, Black Magic knows you gotta buy that glass if you want it to ride on their drone. And boy, you pay for it. But I think they'll probably have more um, they'll probably have more glass.
2: More companies make glass for it now that you know it's available in the camera. I hope so. Yeah, because the glass. You're <laughs> right. But I mean, they use they were using um, like Panasonic glass. It wasn't too too bad. But I think that we'll start to get more when they come out with a regular camera. We're gonna get Sigma and everybody online. On on they're gonna jump on it. Hi, um, Micah said that uh, DJI bought uh, Hasselblad. They're working not with Hasselback. Absolutely, they are working with Hasselback. They do have two drones that have Hasselback. Uh, Hassleback, I think, sensors in them. So you're absolutely right. So image quality will not be an issue.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, yeah Hasselblad just- makes some really sick. I rented a, I don't know what's XD something something It's a cool little camera. It's a medium format. You can like kind of hold in your hand oh my god that thing is so well made it feels like the apple of cameras
2: and i think that's like, like 8, was it the eight thousand dollar one or the forty thousand no, one?
3: no no not that one it was the eight thousand dollar one um it was like on sale for rental one day i was like oh let me try this out the image is gorgeous like color is gorgeous um but the thing is like their menu system and and the way their apps and ecosystems are, it's so it, it's so like Apple. It's so easy to use. It's so fun to use. Like you enjoy, you know, messing around with the menu. Enjoy going into the app. Um, unlike you know, I mean, Sony's gotten better, but like Sony, it's like always like oh my god, so clunky. Um, but I think DJI, Hasselblad, they really think about even Canon like, user experience is up high for them. Um, It's nice to see, like, camera companies thinking about how that user interface is going to be and how to make that kind of experience of shooting way more enjoyable and easy so that you get better shots. Um,
2: Yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think Robert had a a great point. As he said, I don't understand why they're not bringing this tech to uh, mirrorless cameras. I thought Sony would have having the background with android is making an android based um mirrorless camera with all the you know they tried to do it for a minute but it just got pushed back like if you look at the old 6300 6500 6200 you had apps that you can download to do certain things but people pushed back on it so i guess they went away from it um you would think that this technology would come to the mirrorless cameras but i mean I, i'm gonna be honest with you i it's like camcorders man like why didn't camcorders adapt all the technology that iphones and cell phones and stuff had before they went out why didn't
3: well honestly i'm waiting for apple to start making a full-frame camera with interchangeable lenses because i feel like they're definitely heading down that direction with their computational photography if they just had the lenses in the body oh my god it would Destroy everybody else, honestly.
2: I honestly don't think it'll be interchangeable lenses or full frame. I, I honestly, I think that they're going to be able to achieve that with what the, the, the size that they have now, just in a different way. I mean, if you, I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. If you have a, a a smaller lens that can take four pictures at once or maybe tilt the lens or like pixel shifting, do you really need the full frame? I think that they'll achieve the quality in a different style of getting there that's what i think i think that, that makes sense actually yeah because i think that we we're looking at it with today's technology like you know but i think they're gonna find a way to do it you know with just under, just like just understanding how to recognize a face and then tailor the exposure of that face simply by understanding what's in front of it compared to a camera that's just trying to grab everything. So I think the technology will just be different on how they go about getting there, but I think they're going to definitely get there.
3: That makes sense. That makes sense, because, yeah, they probably wouldn't want to directly compete with, like, Canon and Sony and Nikon. and
2: Well... Think about it. I know. I, even a comment says that they don't want to go in the camera market. Apple sells more cameras than all of those companies combined. Exactly. So they're, yeah, they're,
3: that's they're, the thing. Those
2: camera companies don't want to compete with Apple.
3: Actually, uh, editing software. I wish Apple would bring back their like editing software. That would be super cool. Yeah.
2: You talking about for photography or? Uh,
3: yeah, photo. You know, I mean, they have Final Cut, yeah. but like they don't have a photography. You know, uh, kind of.
2: Whatever I they, they probably left that open for app developers, you know, left it open for them to make money because they make money off, app, you know, every app developer. They kind of left it open for them because, I mean, think about Filmic Pro. Come on, they could have easily bought Filmic Pro and said, we're going to make this our pro video video software. But they they kind of work with those guys and work with Fusion and all of those companies to so that they can create, you know, dope apps. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely there.
0: Um I want to say the Nick collection's compatible with Apple
2: yes. iOS. Yes. Yep. I mean Which one? It, The Nick collection, it used to, I think I think it was crazy. I think um Google bought them.
0: Yeah, Google did buy it.
2: Yeah. I use Snapseed is one of my favorite apps for editing images on on your uh, iPhone.
1: I was going to mention that earlier. I, I saw uh, a lady that, because you had mentioned about where well, we're driving home in the car, so I couldn't find out the time. But you were talking about how this is going to end up taking over things, right? The cell phone, and there, you know, and and you can get paid handsomely for it. And there's a lady I remember watching her on the future with Chris Doe, and he was doing an interview with her. And if I remember correctly, um, she uses Snapseed. So she'll sit here. She's out there with her friends or whatever. She'll go in there, take a picture of the plate of food, do her business, boom, 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 do some editing on, on Snapseed and maybe one or two other apps, and that's it. But here's the thing: on her on her Instagram account, she is so good with this that she can command eight thousand plus just for a shout out for a company. That's how good. She has good a she,
3: following.
2: Yeah, she has probably I, a well, big following, right? So I mean if you can use a cell phone to create a following that makes you $8,000 a post, I mean, doesn't it just like, can you, can we still argue that cell phones, a cell phone photographer making, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's a good argument. Yeah.
0: Like Rodney, I think you made a video a while back where you shot it all on iPhone and it had some like great different angle shots in it. It's on your YouTube. Yes,
1: ma'am.
0: But yeah, like, There's so many creative things like that. I know, um, what is it? Spectrum News, they actually give a class to their MMJs on shooting with their camera. For a long time, they weren't even giving them like full cameras. They were just like, here's how you shoot with your cell phone, make a packed story with that. And that's literally what they did.
2: I think even if, also, if, listen, if you're into real estate photography, listen, the new iPhone can not only take pictures, but it can scan and create a 3D model, a 3D model of the home using an iPhone only. If you are not offering 3D models right now as a real estate photographer, you are. I got some bad news for you, man. You got some bad news because it's going to be rough when a, when a real estate agent can walk into a house with an iPhone, scan a room, create a 3D model with pictures to upload in minutes. You have to beat that. Your competition is an iPhone. If you can't outshoot an iPhone, it's going to be rough for you. So we're talking about not just 3D models in real estate. It's going to be like that for product photography very soon, where you can scan a 3D model of a cup, upload it to Amazon, and not only have pictures, but if you've been to Amazon lately, you'll see the thing pop up to see what this item looks like in your house. They're creating them with with LiDAR. So... Can this be done with your traditional camera? Yes, with additional equipment, four hours in front of the computer, the skill set and knowledge to get on Blender and do all this stuff. It can be done. Absolutely. Or you can get an iPhone and point and shoot and walk around and scan it and upload it. So those are things like if you're going to make $10,000 of the same picture, how would you rather create the picture in three minutes on an iPhone or in four hours on, the, on the, using your camera and your computer? Like. So you
5: talking like using Matterport software yeah. with an iPhone. Okay. Well, no, no, no. You don't talk- need,
2: you don't need Matterport software anymore. Not at okay. all. You can get a traditional 3d, um, scanning app and scan literally your whole room and zoom in and, and do everything with an iPhone 12 or 13. I've done, I've done rooms just bored. You will you'll walk around and scan it and it'll take high quality pictures and everything like it is crazy. You can do it of people, faces, everything. So,
5: and it doesn't require a third party app. It's just a straight up iPhone. There
2: is there is a, a third party apps, but it's not like where you got to buy equipment or a subscription. Um, I've used. Let me see if I can find it.
5: I've, we utilize Matterport for um, our real estate scanning, and it was interesting because we have 360 cameras that we utilize, and um, that Matterport recommends us utilizing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, everything before you used to have to scan it using an Apple device. And so we bought an iPad to utilize that, but we realized real quick when they finally made it available to Android, all the bugs went away and Matterport became like just flawless when we started utilizing Android devices over Apple devices. Um, and we used to get failed scans or we'd have to go back before, and now we get none of that um, once we moved off of the Apple platform and went to Android with that. But that's through Matterport, that though. So
2: there, There is a few um, apps that I like to use. One is called 3D Scanner App. The other is called Polycam. There's Record 3D, and then there's Canvas.
0: Oh, Canvas is nice because it actually unique. converts it to CAD.
2: Yep. And, it, and it'll create a file that you can upload online, and it'll create the whole layout of the house, and you can literally scan and look at different stuff. It is, it's crazy.
6: Now, here's the thing. With the MLS, they don't do huge files like Ty was saying earlier. They do very, very, very small files, and they limit it on top of that because I use this wonderful guy here for all of my 360s, mm-hmm. and the software that I use destroys Matterport. And I don't pay them out of port prices.
2: But I, I wish I could show a... you this, which I probably can't. Let me see if I can get that. Up. It's going to be super hard to get this with my face in it. but So that's a 360, a 3D scale that I've created. Gosh, it won't come in. I have to find a way to share the screen, but let me see if I can send this to myself. It's a 360, it's a 360 scale that I've created of a room that I was in. And I mean, it is ridiculous. Like it is, I can just go around the whole room and you can kind of see a little bit, but I, you see how I can see the whole room there?
1: i created this on my iPhone in like three minutes. And, and what were the apps again? You said 3D scanner, Canvas, and what were some of the um, other ones? Polycam, Canvas, Record 3D.
2: Record 3D is great for products. Um, So I got Polycam, Record 3D, 3D scan app, Canvas, and N3D. And these are apps that you can use today um, to even like th- with this app, you can scan yourself. Let's see if I can get my face out of here. It's looking for my face. You can scan yourself with this app and then you can create like your yourself dancing and stuff based off your scan. What? And you can do all kind of crazy stuff. It'll scan. You can change shirts and pants and. No, no,
1: no. Yeah,
2: going can dress yourself. That's called in 3D. So there's a lot of stuff that's just... It's just hard to compete with, man. It's just... You know, you can get a, you can add the biggest sensor you want. It's just not going to compete with that. Like, it's, you know... So I want you guys to stay ahead of it. Stay ahead of the curve. Because if you're in real estate and you're not getting calls, it's going to happen overnight. And I'm sure that real estate agents are sharing this with each other. I'm sure they're saying, hey, I, I created it. Th- because I, I know companies like Zillow and them are like, hey, upload it. I've worked with Zillow. I was a Zillow preferred photographer for years. And they wanted you to do 360 photos. And now they're like, it went to 360 cameras. Because we used to use fish eyes and take a picture in four different directions. And then you got to go through all the process of putting it all together. Then it moved to 360 cameras where you can put a camera in a room and you take it every three feet. Now it's like get an iPhone and walk through it. And then make sure you cover everything. The iPhone will tell you what it got. Save it, upload it. There you go. You have a 360 model of a home. You didn't pay anybody. You, the technology is in your pocket. And meanwhile, you have those who are in yesteryear that want to be um, real estate photographers that's saying, you know, we can do all these photos and yada, 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 but they can't do 3D models. Um... The app is C A N V A S. Somebody asked Canva. I'm you know, I got the Detroit Public Schools and I'm got that up north, been all over the US accent, so forgive me if I pronounce stuff weird. Um, but it's Canvas. These are these are Apple um apps. I'm not sure if they're available on Android, but C A N V A
5: S. What I'm looking at, though, on this canvas, I'm just curious because the image quality that they're putting out, they're putting it out for CAD primarily on canvas, which provides you a, well, it's a gross version.
2: Yeah. You can pay Um, to get, I think, a more updated version. I
5: didn't want that to pop up. Yep. Yeah, because a real estate agent would want, would not want what they're putting out for CAD.
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
5: Depending
2: on the side of the house.
5: Depending on the house. well, it looks horrible. Let me see. I'm just saying it's on here at least all the examples they give because they don't. It's not meant for a walkthrough. It's meant for measurements and stuff. It looks like that's even better measurements. is
0: Yeah, because if you're talking about architectural design firms and stuff like that, they want that,
2: yeah, and that's where it fits in well.
0: No, no, no. I get that, but I'm just saying like I've I've worked with realtors who work directly with architects and they want to be able to have that specification there available for their clients, especially if they're building like a multimillion dollar home.
5: No. And I hear you on that. And I know like, um, but if you're scanning a home, that's the thing is, is there you're not running in to scan a home for a real estate agent, trying to sell a house that's working with an architectural firm to build a home they mm-hmm. um They want it for presentation quality to show it to, dick and jane three cities over that want to move over here and can't come and walk through it
0: so in like texas and stuff you'll see people wanting houses that like oh i i saw this house in colorado Mm -hmm. and i basically want to replicate that here in texas or they had a house in california and they replicate it here and they replicate it in texas and that it It does get used here. I mean, it does get used in Texas. Granted, I don't live in Texas anymore, but I did see it a lot there.
5: Well, that's a, that's a, yeah, I understand that specific style in that case. Absolutely. makes sense. There are different
2: software that specialize in just the graphical presentation. Like this one is excellent for creating CAD from it, like the CAD design and the layouts and all of that. But there are some that is strictly for show and tell. That may not be as accurate measurement wise, but still gives you that walkthrough approach. And I think the one I used like, that was perfect um, was the. I think it was no, it wasn't PolyCam. Let me tell you exactly which one. I just the one I was just I just had open. Was uh, it wasn't a, actually the canvas looked good. That was the my version of the canvas looked absolutely. I wish I could show you this. I got to find a way to. Let me see if I can show you this. Yeah. Let me see if I can send this to myself.
0: Yeah, I haven't had a problem with it. I used it for um, a museum, actually. They're a four-day museum shutting down because they're turning over to the Malwarfare Foundation. We didn't have a problem with it for, you know, a 3-day tour.
5: I'm just saying what I'm seeing here on their website. Mm-hmm. I, I, they don't show, like, just walkthroughs. It's all, if you go to the canvas.io website and take a look at it,
2: let me see if I can go to. So the... I can't
5: speak to anything. I just, it's, that's.
2: Boom. There we go. Oh, that's, I guess. Okay. Can you guys, you guys can see that, right? So I just shared that from my phone. Like, this is what I scanned using my uh, cell phone. I don't even remember where this place is because I think I did it on my iPhone 12. Like, it's not even my iPhone 13. And that's ridiculous to walk around and just play around and do it. That's what I was able to get out of it. And I wonder if I can, let's see, I can do a walkthrough. So it's kind of like you're standing here. And you can still see the detail in the, in the, uh, the pillow there. I mean, so I think it's,
1: it's insane
2: good enough and this is this is not even the iPhone 13 this this is the 12 and now add moment lenses on top of it right so I, I, I it's just it's crazy like it's absolutely nuts oh that ain't what I want let me make it, let me go back to there we go boom so I mean I the technology is there Um, And like I said, that was with my iPhone 12. I haven't done it with my iPhone 13 yet. So, you know.
5: Like, here's one that we did in um, just this summer.
2: I wonder if I can. See,
5: we utilize Matterport for everything.
2: See if I can make that larger. That's a lot.
5: Can we do that? Okay, let's see that. Go for it.
2: And was that with an iPhone? What did you use to capture?
5: This is just a 360 camera that we have. But this is just a quick run through for it. We didn't spend a lot of time on it, but yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I've done a few for Google real
5: estate, not for. That's nice. There's my vehicle tie.
2: Oh, there it is. (laughs) A license plate is going out to a million people. You have people at your house. It's
5: okay. I hope you pay my taxes. (laughs) So... But that's that's what I mean, is that we deal a lot with, like, we'll go through. This was for a liquor store that was for sale. We did a museum as well, um, a couple of them. Actually, one just not too long ago. They have a traveling exhibit section. So we go through, and then we'll photograph the exhibits as well. Mm-hmm. So that people can, well, I'm running a little slow here, but you can see what's exactly on the wall. And then they can share it with other people. So if you weren't able to make the event, you still can make the event. You still can check it all nice. out. So. I use a different
6: software that does that, but I don't pay like the significant price of yeah. Matterport or the significance of like the camera of like how it used to be like five grand. And um, I was able to use my Insta360 camera or my cell phone um, with attachments on it. And okay, I'm I did a 6,000 square foot house in a matter of like four hours. And it was bonkers of quality and everything and dollhouse and you name it. And I paid like 80 bucks yeah. for the whole project to do. And I charged four times a camera thing?
2: like
5: that. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> it. The Insta 360. That's what we use. This is the 361x. So, and ah, uh, the
2: 1x
0: been yeah, a like little moneymaker.
2: I like the 1x. I don't. I don't. I like it for photography. I don't like it for video, but I like it for photography. I got the X too. Yeah, that's one. The and
5: then the other thing that we did with that particular one was I should actually show you this. Let me see here.
2: Because Tanner, this Tanner one, says he usually, he usually charge per square foot. Someone asks, how do you charge 360 tours? He says he charges per square foot. What do you guys think about that that are doing them? How do you guys
5: normally? We charge, um, what is it? $11 per 75 square feet, I think. Or is that bass backwards? I can't remember. I'd have to pull it up. There's somebody else that does that here. But- we
4: charge based on square footage slots, like um, fifteen hundred to two thousand as a price, and yep. two thousand to twenty five hundred as a price, and
2: yeah, that's, on and how, on. that's how I did mine. Where we broke it down by different uh, different spaces up up until something huge, until we get something crazy mm-hmm. that we don't want to do. The elephant in the room that we're not talking about is the
6: main subject that we've been talking about today. Is it's the software, it's the innovation. That's something that our cameras can't. They have to update firmware. If they were able to put a semi-computer into the camera, it would change the game. Yeah. But that's what the iPhone and cell phones have. Like Red tried coming out with his own cell phone,
5: yeah, because
6: they're trying to break into the game. But they didn't have the software. Everything is software app based now. If they can get that with cameras in glass.
2: And the, and the yeah, craziest
4: that. thing is... Sony seat. tried that on the a7 two R2. Yep. They had apps that you could run on it to do uh, panels, I think, and some different things. And they took it out. So they tried.
2: I, I don't they, know why they took it out. They took it out because hardcore camera guys didn't want it. They didn't want it. Uh, they didn't want to download apps to, apps to deal with it. And you got to think about it like this. We've come to a point where it's easier to add a camera... To a computer than it is to add a computer to camera. You know what I'm saying? To add a computer to the camera. It's easier to make the iPad come with some crazy add-on attachment that has all the software and all the computing power in the world than it is to try to squeeze that into the next canon. Because-
5: so we also found a little way to make money with that exact same camera. And that was actually making videos for tourisms and cities. So we went to another place that had a another museum that had a trolley on it, and that we did. Here, I'll show you this real quick. And we mic the conductor, and actually put together. Go ahead, click on it so that it's going to. When i to mute that, but, um, yeah. So. And there's a beautiful bearded man.
2: But <laughs> he's as like it he's goes right.
5: through, um, they can go on the ride, and then we actually would cut it together with different pieces. We'd go and stage the camera and edit it all together. And... Now... I was
2: going to tell Goal. people,
5: if you, want to, if you want
2: to do video, you can always host these on YouTube for free and embed them. If you want to do video, like a video tour. I've seen people put like 360 cameras on the top of like uh, remote control cars that slowly drove through the house. And then you that's, can look around and then you can host it on YouTube for free. That's what these are. These are on YouTube. Yep. Perfect. I actually got a channel. Uh, And I don't, I'll have to post a link um, that it's called uh, Flash Home Academy or FFA, FFM Flash Home Media uh, car videos, where it's just 360 videos of the insides of cars. And all you see is the insides of cars. And you can just go look and see what the interior of a 2020 Cadillac Escalade looks like.
5: I'll post it. Like a a Red Widow or something? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I need to actually put that one on there. I'm saving it for the other channel. But Yeah. I'll have to post a post a link to it so you guys can check it out. But I was playing around with it just to, you know, just to have some fun. There's 360 car clips and I'll post a link as we uh, finish talking. But, you know, you just you got to think about the innovation of what's coming next. You don't want to get stuck, you know, in yesteryear. Um, you want to make sure you're looking forward to, to what's coming. Cause you could be doing something. It's hard to compete. If you got a, what is it? A matter box or whatever, that huge $5,000 box they use to go and do real estate shots. And the guy next to you got a cell phone and you're talking about it's oh, $20,000 to do it. And he's like, I can do it for two fifty. So you got to be mindful of, of, of what's coming, um, and where things are currently, um, so that you can stay competitive with, you know, with what you're offering. Very important that you, uh you, you, we got to we gotta handle this like an IT, like it's an IT industry now. It's computer industry is not, you know, because cameras didn't change for a long time. I mean, lenses changed, glass changed, but cameras didn't change much up until like 2006, 2005, and then they took off and got crazy. So once they started really going digital, they got crazy. I mean, cameras didn't change for a long time to the point where people thought digital was just a fad. Like they didn't think digital was the future. They were like, well, you know, Kodak created the first digital camera and didn't even jump on it themselves. So you see where they are now. And due to history on that, you'll realize that a lot of people, a lot of people missed the boat. They're kicking themselves right now. Mistakes were made. A lot of mistakes were made. One thing I love, if, if you're a big history guy, or not a big history guy, but a business guy, I like to look up some of the blunders that big companies made. You know, of course, we all know Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix and didn't. They laughed at them. Coca-Cola had a chance to buy Pepsi and didn't for $10,000 and they didn't. They thought they would never survive. There's a lot of that that happened in business of companies that are no longer in business that had a chance to buy the company that took them out of business. So if you if you look up, you know, kind of do your, your, uh, look up history of, uh, business blunders. You'll see a lot of situations like that, that are amazing, that keep you on your toes and make sure you are just looking at what's going on around you and be kind of, kind of get an understanding of where things are going because you may miss out on something simply thinking, well, it's not a full frame. It'll never compete with what we're doing here with the blah, 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 blah. And just like that, you're gone. So, look, I mean, look at look at all, every market that cell phones have already ate ups from, you know, camcorders, voice recorders, MP3s, like what else is next for this device? And I think that, I mean, people people who think that cameras will never, cell phones will never replace their camera, where are the point and shoot cameras at now? Where are disposable cameras at now? It's just going up the list. It's going further and further up the list. Now we're at the point where they're starting to tear into mirrorless and, you know, mirrorless and dslrs will they ever replace a 1dx probably not but everything up until that it's going it's it's biting at it i mean we never thought
3: yeah um you know what's going to get really exciting is when our full frame cameras become the quality becomes or the full frame quality becomes the size of a point and shoot i think that's when it's going to get really really exciting when you can get like You know, uh, you know, the big ass like glass and like the big body and all of that quality and a tiny point and shoot camera that you can stick in your pocket.
2: Think about it. We can now look at the iPhone and how it's blurring backgrounds. Even if it's digitally, it's still giving us the same thing we would have to use a 70 to 200 to get. It's all about the end result. The average person who don't know how to create shallow depth of field is telling you, is looking you in your eye saying I can get that same picture from my cell phone. The new iPhone uh 13 does macro, zoom, and a traditional lens all on that little device. I think we're there now, and remember point and shoots just eight years ago. I mean, if you didn't have a big camera and you went't into photography, you still had a point and shoot for your party, your vacation like why would you, you people ask me like just three years ago, what's a good camera to buy for a vacation? the iPhone. I mean, you don't even, it's waterproof now. So do you re- really want to take a whole extra GoPro? You're going to upload it to Facebook anyway. Why not take it on a device that's connected to Facebook? Like it's like, it, I, you know, it's there now. There's no need to buy a point and shoot right now. I, I can't advise nobody to go out and spend money on a point and shoot. If you're spending money on a camera, you need to either be a professional who are looking to do something for for a client or an iPhone. If you want to start a YouTube channel, I'm not going to tell you to go buy a camcorder. I'm going to tell you to use your iPhone like like it's it's all the way up to the, the to where it's cutting into the prosumer level. Like we're past consumer level. There's no reason to buy a camera if you're using it for events, hanging out. If you're not making money with your camera, it's almost no use to buy one other than, you know, that's that's anything you know below it like the iphone covers everything up until the guy that wants to make money with his camera and because people are going straight to social media and social media is generating so much revenue it's starting to cut into that audience as well so
5: i mean it's i don't still gonna you know, be expensive though ty because i mean you still gotta buy i mean what are you gonna do buy four iphones
2: no but you can get your buddies that, together and say hey y'all yeah you yeah, know
5: what I mean? but I mean, you buy four iPhones, you're going to have to buy three of them at full price because AT&T is going to be like, or Verizon. Oh, what do you mean you don't want to plan on that? I mean, okay, I, well, that's full price.
2: I agree, but I, I personally, I own an iPad and an iPhone. That's two cameras right there. You know what I mean? I, I So my friend got an iPhone and an iPad. We got a four-camera setup. Run into a sling box. We're shooting the interview in, four, in, in, in 4K. You know what I'm saying? There we go. You got will, two cameras.
5: You only have a sling box because you bought it before sling magically, slung out.
2: Yeah, magically. Footage starting to fade away. Absolutely. Absolutely. I still love my sling box. I wish they would come out with a new one. I'm waiting for a oh, new one.
5: I'm so mad. I'm um, actually. We literally were sitting down budgeting stuff today, and we're looking at having to drop fifteen to twenty thousand dollars just to put together a really nice setup. Yeah, that sling was just mint. It is. It's, it's
2: so they don't make the sling anymore. They're not available for some reason. Sling won't say you why. You can
5: buy it. It's on back order for indefinitely. Like the
3: chip, the semi. There's like a huge chip shortage. Yeah. So everybody's having a hard
2: time that could be it. they've
5: been like missing but, in action for yeah. a while now though Ty, i mean, you told me their site was down
2: it was down for a minute and i thought they were done but it came back <laughs> but it was down for like i want to say like days like five days i'm thinking like oh they're about to they about to come out with the new one they're just updating the site and went down and came back like when i contacted sling they don't say that they're out of business they don't say that they're done they just say sit tight so i don't know
3: that's kind of what happened to boosted is. board like boosted board everybody's like boosted boosted and then they try to make boosted um like bicycles and all this stuff and they lost their focus and their profitability just sh- like and then you know now they're out of business so i don't know maybe sling was trying to do too much did they try to expand their product line or something
2: nah I I don't know they were when people caught on to them they just started selling like crazy they they don't have the name in the industry and you remember it's a lot of traditional guys it's like I'm not touching my high end production with this I never heard of them you know but But we're in an age where companies you never heard of, like the Godoxes and newer, are starting to create some pretty good stuff that's giving the pro photo guys a run for their money. Like, you got to really get down to, you know, I remember um, I went to a local photography shop and I was like, you guys carry the Godox. I was looking for the AD600, which is a strobe, 600-watt strobe. We don't carry that crap. We got the pro photo, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. I was like, you guys aren't going to be around for long. I, I was yeah. like, you're just not going to, you know, it's one third the price. You know, you don't get when you take 100 snaps, only 98 of them are perfectly accurate color and the other two aren't. I'm like, I'm still not going to pay $3,000 for ProPhoto to get 100 of my shots perfect when I can get 98 of them for 399 And then Godox come out with the AD600 Pro that's better than the ProPhoto. Now the shop is like, we're going to order some Godox. I bet you will or you won't be here because I'm going to Amazon, bro. Like, if you don't got I mean, it, I'm going sh- to Amazon.
5: Well, we practically should have stock and newer yeah. over here with all the newer stuff we have in our studio. Uh-huh. Softboxes, yeah, I- all of that is a,
2: it's not even up for debate. I'm going with it. So it's, you know, I say get in the game, make you some money. And if you decide, because I'm going to be honest with you, this is what's going to happen. You're gonna buy something that you think is cheap that you're gonna make a lot of money off of. And you're gonna have the money to go out and get the expensive one. But then you're gonna ask yourself, like, I didn't already made a hundred thousand with this. Is it really worth it? Like, am I really going to see, am I really going to see that much of a difference if I go out and spend more for this product? Now, if I just want it, that's different. I'm I'm okay with that. We work there's things that I bought that I just wanted. It didn't matter. I that was on my hit list and I wanted it. And I worked hard and I went and got it. But even there's times where I've done that and I'm like, I could have just stuck with the Godox version because really I don't see a difference. And there are there are some things where that is different, where that's not the case, where there is a clear winner, but there's a whole lot of stuff where it's not. And once you've made a certain amount of money with something, you got to ask yourself, like, do I really want to go spend more for this for this other version of it? And that's just a struggle you'll go through as a content creator. I mean, you know, I like a lot of Sigma glass. Do I have Sony glass? Absolutely. But Sigma is my is my home for glass. It's just where I'm comfortable and I love Sigma glass. Is, is G Master better? Absolutely. There are some G, I have tons of G Master glass, probably about three or five of them. But Sigma always catches my eye first because I just, I like work. I just like Sigma glass. I like the look. It's just me. I know people who feel like that about Tamron. I know people who feel like that about Sony. I mean Canon L glass. Uh, I know people who feel like that about G Master or, or, or Nikon. So, um, you know, I'm, that's just what I like. So there you go. That's that's what I'm talking about. This know. is a 400
6: a lens, glass. but I absolutely love it. It's the Sigma 17 to 70 macro os
2: uh it's a beast i've dropped it it still works it still does amazing stuff and a lot of people waste time saving money to get the $1600 lens and if they would have got the $500 version they could have made $1600 10 times over <laughs> you know what i'm saying so just be mindful of the decisions that you're making put it on your your bucket list like you can get it you can work up to it but get in the game as best you can I, and, and I picked this video. lens
3: up Ty um, you were talking on one of your videos about the G Master STF and I didn't want to spend like 1500 bucks on it I was like how can I make my work differentiated and ultimately it came down oh I just need an apodizing element yep right that was a thing and then I found this thing for like 400 bucks or 500 bucks it's manual focus but it's actually a shallower depth of field than the G-Master. So it just comes down to like, what are you valuing? Like sometimes the most expensive things, it has, it's worth the price if you need that feature set. Like if you need those last two photos cause you're like shooting a president or something, then yes, the pro photo's a- absolutely worth the money. But if you're not at that level, if you're not on the you know formula one circuit, you probably don't need Formula 1 tires and Formula 1 race cars. Like, you'll be good with a really fast uh, Audi or something like that. So, I think that's what we have to remember is, you know, value is relative. Value is relative to what is your current situation and what are your requirements. Like, do we need Profoto light because it's like 2% better? No, but does somebody, like, that shooting a fashion campaign, and then their whole, like, daily budget is, like, a $100,000, and if they, like, fuck that up, oops, can't curse, if they mess that up, then, <laughs> you know, then it costs them a lot of money.
1: Captain America, language? Where's my... um phone?
3: Yeah. I got to
2: work on that. (laughs) You're good. We'll say that. We'll say that for the after party. But you're good. Keep going. I'm listening to you. So, so it's like,
3: it's relative, dependent on you know what your requirements are. So you can't say like this is better than this, or this is not worth it, and this is worth it. It's just relative to what is your is your
2: use case. And you'd be surprised that a lot of stuff you think is a lot of images of 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 presidents and celebrities that you think are captured on blinds or whatever. It's usually on something cheaper than you think. I mean, photo of the year last year was one with an iPhone eight. So what? yeah, photo of the year came from the, let's photo of the year came from the iPhone. I know I keep beating that dead horse, but oh, that was the tornado in Atlanta or something, right? It, it, that was that one. That was another one of a guy like walking through. And all everybody else was like One DX and you know A seven four, but photo of the year last year was on an iPhone, and it wasn't even a new iPhone. It was like an iPhone seven or something. It was like what in the world? What? So yeah, it's it's. I, I think I posted that that in the community as well. But it is like it'll just make you want to just. And again, these are these are signs that are punching me in the throat. Like, gosh, I got to pay more attention to this. Like, we got to start taking this seriously. Um, but there's a a lot of stuff you think that are taken with super high-end equipment is not exactly what you think.
5: There's a lot of godox and newer stuff mixed into it. What'd you say? I mean, we're content creators over here. That's what we do. People hire us, not because of our cameras, not because we have a studio, not because of any of that stuff. They hire us because when I'm in a meeting or Josh is in a meeting or one of us is in a meeting... We can give them an idea that that if it needs to pulls the heartstring or grabs your attention. We can do that. We can create that mood. That's that's what we do. I don't mm-hmm. ever go in and say, oh, we shoot everything in 6K, our drones in 6K, our cameras are in <laughs> 6K, we've got the right temperature lighting for everything. Our audio, you know, you I mean, Ty, you know what we use, mm-hmm. but I don't ever go in there and say any of that stuff it's they don't care. And that's where I know you guys are talking about AI taking over things, but that's great. But they're never going to be able to at least not in the near future. And this isn't an, I'll say it as an IT expert, because I've consulted for Microsoft and Yahoo and own nine different IT companies. Um, when a company comes to me and has an idea that they want to put together, and AI is not. And AI is gonna be able to put together an attractive video, but it's never gonna bring their vision to life as it stands right now, the way that the computer between your ears and behind your eyeballs can for these customers that are looking for something. You have the most powerful device on you right now today. Just, and it doesn't matter if you're using, like Ty says, and I am anti-Apple, um, <laughs> You're super funny. hey and I can say that because I was I Apple asked me to open the first Apple store in North Dakota, which I did. And oh. I had four stores in total, and I'm not an Apple fan. So it's not because I haven't used it. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> not an Apple fan. But they um Yeah, well, hang on, let me check my phone. Um <laughs>
2: old school flip. You so, got the Star Tech.
5: And um we're all we've got the equipment. And Ty's just prob all he's doing is giving you guys all of the information that you need to make this processor do everything it needs to do to make you successful.
2: Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And you gotta as a content creator, you got to be looking at all aspects of it. You got to look at your competition. I, I said it in one of our first videos you ever watch. If you can't outshoot an iPhone, you got, you're got you not going to make it. Um, your skill set needs to be just above an iPhone, and then you we can talk about business. And it's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. You just got to love it enough to, to outshoot an iPhone. But they're getting better, and you need to keep getting better. Um, so uh, I think, Rodney, you posted that from the time. It the talked about the pop pictures of the year. 100 photos of 2020. Yes sir. yes sir. Um and you know that dog on cell phone is a, is a monster. Um it's definitely a monster, but um and, and you know my thing here is to keep you guys is to pull you away from being this super consumer that thinks that it's all about the gear. I, I said it all the time, I continue to say it uh it's about what you do in here. It's about your ability to run your business, grow your business to understand value for your clients, to make sure that you know who your client is and what's valuable to them um, and how to approach them and how to make sure you're putting the right things in front of them so that you can make a profit and you can grow and your business can grow. And then you can go out and buy whatever you want. Like that's the goal for here at Flash Film Media is to help you run a business where you can be you can buy whatever you want. If you want to buy a fifty thousand dollar camera, go for it. I want to help put you in a position where the price of red start to make sense to you. Like it took me a while before I got to the point where I'm like, do I want a Komodo? Do I want whatever they drop? It's just a matter of if if I want it or not. Um, And just trying to understand, you know, it's not a, it's not an issue of price, but it's just a matter of do I want it? Am I going to use it? I'm getting ready to start shooting um, probably more short films and more web series. So I may go invest in a red, even though I'm waiting to see what black Magic's going to do. So it'll it'll probably make sense to me uh at that point. Um so things to think about. I'm living in Brazil and the price of, of gear is ridiculously high. I charge eight hundred thousand for a job. A seven S uh two is seventeen thousand. Is that am I saying that right? That's yeah, that's you you gotta use you gotta ready? use what you you gotta use what you got to get what you want. Mix camera footage with my phone. The client didn't notice the difference. I've had that happen a lot. I've had that happen a lot where I've put cell phone footage if I didn't want to bust out a gimbal and I wanted just a quick shot, pan and shot of the lobby. I've done it plenty of times where I've mixed footage and people just didn't know the difference. So, yeah,
3: especially if you have some nice camera like A-cam and then you have a quick shot of like a less good B-cam, mm-hmm. then it's so hard for that human mind to like, unless you're like looking for it, to just make that difference in quality. It's like a short clip and it's like a little hack you can do, you know, like to sneak in like lower quality footage.
2: Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Go look at the, the, the link I posted earlier on the community about the ProRes for, for the iPhone. They were literally talking about like, this is a cam footage. This is not just B cam footage. This is now a cam. It was scary. Like when you looked at the difference between, for me, I was blown away because I never thought that the iPhone was capable of that level of footage. Now, I was like, in the future, we'll get there. But when they took the compression off and they shot it in ProRes HQ, I was like, whoa. I even posted a video where they compared it to the A7S Three. Wow. And unless you're pixel peeping, you won't know. That's as good as it needs to be. It don't need to be pixel for pixel. Unless you are pixel peeping, you won't know. I promise you
1: but that here's a limitation
3: yeah here's a limitation pro res on iphone takes like six gb a minute yes so it's not going to be the 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 bottleneck's not going to be the phone quality it's going to be how do you deal with the media storage and all the hassle and i think right. that's why people still prefer like a, a film camera absolutely versus like I think iPhone, it makes sense if you're like trying to get like a crazy shot, like tape it to like, you know, you know, like a roller coaster or something. And, you know, you want to get some gnarly shot, then it makes a lot of sense. But I think it would be hard to like film an entire project only on an iPhone without getting a ton of accessories and stuff like that. Yeah. So that'll be the limitation.
2: Randy <laughs> not-
0: they- did that.
2: Yeah, he did a whole. Yeah. And, but that wasn't ProRes, though. And yeah. Until they come out with a, with oh, a progress. Until they come out with a ten terabyte version, yeah. But you can get a two yeah. terabyte iPad and go for it.
1: Like Or you can just I mean? offload the footage too. Just as soon as you're done or whatever, you or can, you get into the capacity, just offload it.
2: You can airdrop mm-hmm. it right to your iPad and throw it on a, a hard drive. I mean there's things you can do, it's just not as convenient. I totally agree with you, right, but right. it's scary. It's still a scary thought, man. It's still a scary thought.
3: I have to check this footage out.
2: Yeah, it is it is crazy. Mr. B says Michael Bay uses 20 frames of GoPro footage doing crash sequences. That's just enough frames where you don't notice the quality drop. Absolutely. There's a lot of, I posted pictures of Squid Games they were using Blackmagic uh, Pocket Cinema cameras for a lot of that. You know, you're jumping back and forth. It was a whole lot of Blackmagic Pockets on set for Squid Games. Nobody sat through it and so I feel like the quality is just not up to my standard of Netflix viewing. They use a whole lot of other stuff. We're getting to the point where cameras aren't... It didn't matter as much. So you're going to start seeing more and
5: more. Be prepared. We use the 6Ks for everything, and we burn through 10 gigs a minute. Yeah. So on each one of our cameras. That's why we carry around little packages of solid-state drives.
2: (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. I mean, if the iPhone went USB-C which will probably happen, maybe, sort of. You can plug a hard drive right into it and go straight to it. The iPads do. So plug a hard drive, plug a solid state up to your hard drive, and boom, you're good. Oh, somebody says webcam chat hot girls and boys. I like that. Okay. Let me go ahead and boot you up out of here. They trying to blow us up. See what I'm saying? The bots are on it. They are trying to get us with all the hot cam. So they are, are
5: talking about them right here. Yeah, I'm. Mean, maybe. Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, there good... we go. Now they can't see me. Maybe yeah. I
2: don't want to go public with my uh, with my OnlyFans site on here. Maybe it's a different audience. Thanks a lot, buddy.
0: You, just you guys ever watch me. um what do you call it Twitch where they have like the two otters and they call them like the coolest tub on Twitch TV? It's just two otters in this little tank at a zoo, but they have it in the hot tub girls section. <laughs>
2: I've never, I've never, uh, no, I never, I've never looked curious?
1: that
2: up. That's awesome. Oh yeah, dang, message has been deleted. I guess it's not coming up for everybody. It was an instant delete. Okay, somebody just yeah, offered me. Good looking out. Good looking out. Appreciate that. Uh, good looking out on stand up guy media. Say I learned a lot from Ty using B roll. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Them hot girls. They trying to bring it. They on here, man. They are trying to pop on here quick. There, there, goes, there you go. So, they're probably using a cell phone for what they're filming. Let's let's talk about that. Well, <laughs> they're probably using real good cell phone quality for what they're filming. Streaming live and stuff. So, yeah. Good shout out. Good shout out, webcam chat, hot girls and boys, video chat.
3: They're <laughs> giving them a lot of PR, Ty. Thumbs, thumbs up. I
2: just want <laughs> to... <laughs> thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up fire 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 they, they're they just telling me that they're using they're streaming and they're using this technology to stream so everybody you know what i'm saying we you know we appreciate love from everybody um that's doing their thing so big shout For out sure. to you i hope you hit that like button before you uh copied and pasted all that stuff but you know everybody's out here streaming and doing their thing you know what i mean so it's much love good looking out good looking out Robert and Robert and uh Rodney appreciate it. They they own it. Um so with that being said, we're gonna wrap and go to the gold member uh after hours so we can really get it in. It's, I know there's people waiting, because as soon as we go off air, like 12 people pop up. Like I didn't want to be on the live, but I'm here for the after hour. It's all good. Uh I appreciate you. We're really gonna uh chop it up and get into it and talk about all kinds of crazy things. Let me wrap up with this. Stand stand by, gold members. Let me go here and then wrap up and then you guys stand by. We're gonna jump right into it. Let me say this real important, real important that you are mindful of innovation versus tradition. We are in a industry that requires innovation, tons of innovation. And if you didn't watch it from the beginning, I'm going to go over five really quick things, really, really quick things that all can be covered. Let me post this because somebody asked me about it earlier. Um, Five things that you need to pay attention to in your photography business when it comes to innovation. We're going to have a whole separate one about video coming up soon, but you want to think about the product and service that you offer, right? Think about it. Think about it itself. How has it changed? What is it doing? What is it going to do? Where did it come from? Where is it going? You want to think about who is it for? Because the product that you may offer in photography, the audience may change. 20 years ago, grandma wanted pictures of the family. Now you may be better off selling to someone who want a product. So keep that in mind. Number three, you want to think about how do you market that product? How do you market it? It's completely different than what it used to be. Magazines and stuff, and even some social media things may change. If I'm doing senior portraits, I want to go with a younger audience. I may be interested in going to TikTok over Facebook. I may be definitely going to TikTok over LinkedIn, depending on who my audience is and how we market to that audience. Also, number four, we want to think about how do we provide that service? 20 years ago, if you took a picture, people wanted prints. Now they don't want prints. They want digital images. Maybe it's holograms in the future. Who knows? We, who knows where we're going with this thing? Maybe you can take a 360 picture using your LiDAR from your cell phone and it'll pop out your TV at you. And you can see actual 360 or a 3D scan of a face of a family member that's no longer with us. Number five, we want to talk about how do we become profitable with that service? Be innovative on how you become profitable. Teaching you guys how to do structure based pricing is taking is getting rid of the old traditional method of making money and being innovative on how we offer that. Um, Companies like Dell and Gateway that allowed you to create your own computer and choose the parts you want became they were innovators in the world of. Packer Bell that only offered three models at a time to choose from. Well, I may want a lot of this and a little bit of that or may want to spend money in these places. This is more important. So as you grow and your business grow in photography, it's important that you innovate in those five areas. And you are looking at those areas and looking at what's coming. What are people starting to ask for? Where are people going? What's what's an important social media place or where is your target audience hanging out? Make sure somebody might uh, mute their uh mute their microphone. But you want to think about where where is your target audience going? And you won't know that unless you understand as much as you can about your business, your niche, your location, your target audience, what they like, where they at, how to understand this information, how to ask these questions, how to find this information. I promise you, when you learn all of that, business will become a whole lot easier. So with that being said, I'm gonna leave you, um, all with all of that if you're a gold member make sure you go to live.flashformacademy.com so you can jump on this after after our chat where we're about to get real raw and uh we all cussing and stuff and we all talking about cows and we all talking about all kind of crazy stuff that we talk about and we have fun and it's just rated uh NC17 it ain't even R. we are just going go to go NC17 with it and we're going to keep it all the way trill, and we're going to take the brass knuckles off And we're going to get it in. So with that being said, (laughs) all y'all be safe. I'm going to see y'all next week. We're going to have another great topic next week to talk about. And uh, make sure you hit that like button, that share, that subscribe button, all the stuff the YouTubers ask y'all to do that y'all usually skip over and don't do because you don't even like that guy. Make sure you do that for me. You know what I'm saying? If you've learned something. And I'm also going to ask one last thing. If you've learned something please post it in the comments. Like, this is how I bring you great content. This is how I make sure I answer the questions that you ask by going back, looking to see what you've actually, like, what have you learned? So I know to make sure I tell you more or I can give you the best possible information on these lives. So when I keep you for four hours or two hours or three hours, you walk away with something that you can implement and help your business today. I'm about helping you help your business today. So, um... Real quick, Z23 said, "What watermark did you use to get paid for your clients? Invoice pending goes on everything. Don't you send out a, don't you send out a video or a picture to a client that haven't paid that don't say invoice pending, big as hell across the middle of it to the point where they're mad. I've had people pay their bill early just so their boss didn't see invoice pending on the demo or on the the draft that we sent out. So invoice pending right in the middle. There you go. That's that's two easy payments at free ninety nine that you can start using today." that will help you make some money. Don't say, I don't look out for you. Because I I do. I do. All right. Y'all be safe. I will see y'all next week.
3: You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.